0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. All right. 12 and a half minutes left in Ottawa. Senators lead the flames one nothing in the third hurricanes up three, nothing on the blue jackets. It's three, three Sabres and Rangers. Jeff Skinner has scored his third of the season. One, one Islanders and Flyers in the third late second period. Anaheim is up one, nothing on Minnesota Some games later on, including the Jets up against the Canucks. Oilers game, of course, uh, postponed as they were set to take on the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, we'll see if Winnipeg can... Well, if Winnipeg were to win tonight, they would pass the Oilers when it comes to points percentage, but they would remain two points behind them. Edmonton and Toronto both put 42 points atop the division. Leafs have the advantage because they've played a couple of... uh, fewer games than edmonton so that's what we can tell you there the edmonton oil kings are rocking and rolling they are seven and zero to start the western hockey league season one of their top guns is jake neighbors who checks into inside sports tonight jake thanks for doing this and of course like my other guests tonight thanks for, thanks for coming on on uh, on short notice how are you doing i'm doing good how are you Reid? i'm doing very well uh pleasure to talk to you man oh man seven and zero. you can't do any better than that what's clicking for you guys
1: yeah i think uh i think the guys have just obviously starts with a good training camp and um you know i think we've came together as a team pretty quickly here and um you know obviously with the strong amount of core core guys we had back um from our team last year we knew we were going to be strong and um, I think we've just uh, we've been sticking to our game plan, playing well, playing well as a team, and it's worked out for us. So,
0: how how eager were you personally to get into game action for that first one against uh, Lethbridge?
1: Yeah, really eager. Obviously, the wait has uh, has been too long, so to get in that game was was unreal. And um, you know, to be to be seven in now is almost crazy to think that we're in the middle of the season, but. Um, you know, it's really good to be back and, and competing again. So,
0: it, But it was kind of funny because you played two weekends and then you guys had a bye week. So, <laughs> like, was that kind of like, well, wait a minute, we don't we don't need a rest, we're fine? How, how did you guys handle that?
1: Yeah, it's obviously uh, a different thing. We'll obviously, added to the league this year with COVID protocols, and, um, and you know, it was different for sure to kind of get back into it and then have to take uh, some time off, but. Uh, you know, every team has to go through it this year. So we, we tried to take it as a positive and, um, you know, give us a chance to really uh, dial in and, um, you know, look at our past four games and do some video and things like that and then really build our team um, that way in practice and things like that. So um, the, uh, the bye week was good to get some rest and, and also to sharpen some things up in the systems.
0: All right, and you've picked up right where you left off. You have twelve points in seven games. You're plus eleven. Tell everybody who you're playing with and why that line works.
1: Yeah, I've uh, been playing with Dylan Gunther um, and Kate Oliver. Uh, obviously, um, you know Gunther, uh, highly taught a prospect this year, and um, you know played with him last year with Riley. And uh, I think we've just you know had chemistry together ever since we. Uh, started playing together, so, you know, good to pick up where we left off with, with him, and, and obviously Cade's been a huge addition for us, you know, a veteran, veteran guy in the middle there, and, you know, good on faceoffs and, and plays the game the right way, so um, we've had a, a strong start to the season.
0: So tell everybody what the, the flow is for you guys and how it works for, for players being tested. Obviously, the, the story of Montreal is a big one tonight, so what happens for the oil kinks to make sure, uh, you know, COVID isn't getting into the team anymore?
1: Yeah, we get tested weekly. So, um, you know, we make sure that, uh, so every team gets tested weekly. And, um, you know, if everyone tests negative, obviously you're able to go into the weekend and play. But, um, you know, I take the NHL as an everyday thing, but um, here in the Western League, uh, we only test once a week. And and obviously protocols are pretty strict. So, um, you know, that's pretty much all you need.
0: Has the has the experience, I mean, I'm I'm sure it has, but maybe you can enlighten us here. I mean, it's part of the experience of being a junior hockey player too is camaraderie and road trips and having buddies that you're probably going to be buddies with for, for the rest of your life. It, it, that experience must be changed now because of all the restrictions in place.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. I, um, you know, we definitely spend a lot more time together at the rink. Um, you know, I think since we're going to school there and, um, you know, spending the majority of our day there, um, you know, we're obviously getting a lot of time together, but um, at that same time, you don't really get that time away from the rink um, to go hang out with your buddies and, um, you know, go over to billet houses or anything like that. So uh, obviously that's a bit different and, and you know, it's obviously unfortunate, but um, there's obviously sacrifices we have to make uh, to be able to be playing right now. So um, if it if it means we get to play, then we're okay with it. It's obviously not the... The most ideal situation, but
0: we'll take what we can get. All right, so so when you're home in the evening, and obviously you're only playing on weekends, so Monday through Thursday, you know you're going to be at home. Do you watch uh, Oilers? Do you watch Flames? Do you watch the Blues since they drafted you and you were on their taxi squad for a while? What do you find yourself checking out?
1: Yeah, I still watch the Oilers quite a bit obviously, just uh, being on the Oil Kings, the boys love to watch the Oilers and, and talk about the games and stuff like that and uh, I was an Oilers fan when I was a kid growing up, so um, but then I also, uh, if the Blues are on I, I'll chuck them on, I got a, um, a subscription to NHL Live there so I can watch all their games And um, but yeah, with all this downtime, I definitely find myself watching a lot of hockey um, you know, just throwing on an early game even, doesn't matter who's playing really, I'll just I'll chuck a game on and watch that, so a lot of downtime, it's kind of fun to watch some hockey.
0: Yeah, do you you watch any other sports? I mean, the NCAA tournament is is on, there's been golf, there's been NBA, do you check any of that stuff?
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of all sports, I think. Uh, I I watch a bit of basketball if I can, I like to watch the Raptors, Um, you know, the Jays have got going here recently and I like watching the Jays, so I try to watch them as well, and um, you know, on the bus rides, actually, usually we've got the the golf the golf on when we're on the road on the weekend, so we've been watching that on the bus as well.
0: All right. I, I always try to ask you something fun, and, and your, your clip from the, the draft question is still one of the best all-time on this show, so uh, I, I don't mind throwing stuff at you because you can handle it. Have you ever read your own Wikipedia page? Because I double-checked. You do have one. It's actually pretty detailed.
1: I don't think I have no. <laughs> I didn't know I had one.
0: You you have a Wikipedia page. It's got your uh, your birthday, which is soon, by the way. Advanced happy birthday if I don't talk to you the week of. <laughs> it's you. got it's got your height and weight. It's got a little bit about growing up in Airdrie, and it, it, you're gonna like this one. Okay, under early life for Jake Neighbors, it's three sentences. I'll read it to you. Neighbors was born on March 29th, 2002, in Airdrie. When praised for his maturity, he cites the wide age gap between his half and step-siblings as the reason. <laughs> so there you go. It's, you've been, Apparently you've been praised for your maturity, and you've said it's – what is the age gap?
1: Uh, my, my oldest brother um, is 33, I believe, um, and my, uh, my second oldest brother is 31, turned 31 this year. So uh, they're much older than me.
0: And, and have they impacted your maturity?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, like, just growing up, um, you know, when they were getting older, like 16, 17, 18, um, you know, they probably didn't want to be around an annoying kid anymore, so I kind of had to, like, learn to um, be not as annoying so that my brothers would want to hang out with me, I guess. So I guess that's a little bit of maturity in a way um, at a young age.
0: See, I've never learned that, how to be not as annoying. <laughs> I, I've I've, it's just, not easy. I've just no it's not easy. I really gotta go against type. So that's uh that's tough. Well that's pretty cool. So what's uh, what do you got coming up? What's the schedule this weekend for the World Kings?
1: Uh, we got another three and three this weekend um against the Hitmen, so um that'll be good. We haven't played Calgary yet this year, so um, it'll be interesting to see how we do against them and, and hopefully keep our little streak here going.
0: Right on. Well, Jake, you're welcome on the show anytime. Again, we really appreciate you uh, jumping on this impromptu edition of the show that we didn't know we were going to have until about 4.15 this afternoon, but we do appreciate the Oil Kings update. Glad that you're having personal success. Most importantly, glad the team is rolling along at 7-0. We really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on again, Reed. It was good catching up.
0: Absolutely. That is Jake Neighbors from your Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, great player, 12 points in seven games. First round pick of the Blues from the draft in October. He was taken 26th overall. And uh, oh, yeah, I guess the Oil Kings are already over a third of the way, well, almost a third of the way done their season. They've played seven. They're going to play 24. John Shannon, who uh, joins us on uh, every face-off show and is also a regular guest on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, has posted this on Twitter. The question of whether or not Oilers versus Canadians on Wednesday is a go won't be decided until Tuesday afternoon. Canadians' full team requires PCR testing in the morning. So according to John Shannon, we will know about Wednesday's game tomorrow afternoon. Tonight's game obviously not happening. We will dive a little deeper into that story when we get back. Eric Engels from Sportsnet in Montreal will check in. calgary flames have pulled even in ottawa it's 1-1 now with 340 to go johnny Goudreau scored at 1454 of the third to make it 1-1, Ryan Dezingle had the only other goal in the game back at 10:23 of the first period, his seventh of the season. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you. Flames are out shooting the Senators 33-20. The Oilers game postponed. And uh, again, John Shannon writing on Twitter, the question of whether or not Oilers versus Canadians on Wednesday is a go won't be decided until Tuesday afternoon. Canadians' full team requires PCR testing in the morning. So we uh, do not know. If there's going to be a game Wednesday, tonight's game, not happening. It will not be played tomorrow. So we don't know when it's going to be rescheduled. And we don't know if uh, Wednesday's game is a go. And I suppose as a result, we can't be sure about Friday's game either. Though I suppose the further away we go from today, the more likely it is that the games are going to be played. So this would have been game one of the Oilers five-game road trip, Montreal, 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 and then Toronto on Saturday and Monday. But uh, not happening. So this is the first game in the North Division to actually be postponed to a later date. We did have the last time the Oilers in Montreal, the game was delayed by an hour. So, I mean, it technically was postponed, but it was still played on the same date. So, yeah, two players on the Montreal Canadiens uh, listed in the COVID protocol this afternoon. Uh, Yol uh, Armia and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. and The Canadians were would have been banged up if they would have played that game. They wouldn't have had those two guys. Ben Sherratt is out for another six or seven weeks with a hand injury. Tyler Toffoli is uh, going to be out he would, well, he would have missed all three games, so he wasn't going to play against the Oilers because of a lower body injury. For Edmonton, Kyler Yamamoto wasn't going to play, and uh, Kyle Turris, who was in COVID protocol uh, last week, is still getting back into game shape. We'll uh, quickly visit here with Eric Engels from Sportsnet Montreal. Eric, I know it's been a crazy afternoon for you into the evening, so thanks for joining us here on Inside Sports at Edmonton. We'll try to have you on some night where it's not major breaking news that you're trying to cover, <laughs> like you were with the Canadians' coaching change. Uh, last time we had you on, but th- thanks for thanks for fitting us in okay uh and you you were all over this we were, we were watching your twitter account during our faceoff show here on 630 shed how did this play out for you where we kind of thought okay we'll have a game and then the doors started to open wider and wider for there not being a game
2: you know what it, it just occurred to me that the two players that found themselves on the list were were both at the morning skate this morning so you know, that would indicate that they could have had close contact with the number of the members of the team, including all the ones that were on the ice. And so, you know, I immediately emailed the deputy commissioner of the NHL, Bill Daly, and asked, is this game still on? Is there a possibility it'll be postponed? Uh, at which point he responded, no, it's, it's still on. It won't be postponed. And then four minutes later, I got an email from him saying new information had come to light, which I think could, could mean that he, he wasn't necessarily aware that the Canadians had had a full morning skate this morning with those two players involved. So uh, in any case, you know, the, the decision was made. Uh, certainly, out of a, an abundance of caution, because we don't know if Yesbury, Cockinie, or Yola have tested positive for COVID, or if they have uh, had a false positive, or if they have had close contact with someone that is tested positive, and, or close contact with each other. If one of them has been in close contact with someone who tested positive, so you know it's it, I know it's complicated for the listeners. It's complicated for me. It's complicated for you, Reid. It's complicated for the Canadians and the NHL and everyone involved, but. Um, you know that's what we know so far. What we don't know is is vast and wide, and will dominate the discussion between now and when we knew when we know more.
0: so it's my understanding though that both teams were fully at the rink and and ready to go because it was less than an hour before puck drop that it got called off.
2: Yes, uh, and that's you know this this really surfaced at the last minute here, so again uh, there's too many details i don't know as to why that was the case but i know that re- results for testing needs to be submitted by each team before 5 p.m local um, and shortly after 5 p.m yoel armia's name was on the list and then just very name was on the list and then nobody has been in place on the list uh since and the vancouver canucks who were montreal's last opponent um, also submitted their results and had nobody on the list. Uh, they last played on Saturday, traveled back to Vancouver, and they're playing Winnipeg uh, in about a half an hour. So, uh, I don't know what that all means. I, I'm in the I'm in the dark as much as everyone here, waiting to find out. But um, we'll see when they get to uh, when the Canadians and, and the Oilers get back to business, for that matter.
0: All right. So basically, uh, and I, you know, I read what John Shannon tweeted out that we might know something tomorrow afternoon about Wednesday's game, and then I suppose if there's a game Wednesday, there would be a game Friday. But what, if anything, are you hearing about the future of this now two-game series?
2: Yeah, uh, I don't. I uh, well. It's really complicated, but I'm not anticipating that the game will be made up tomorrow. And if it is, it it most likely, if not definitely, won't include Cockney Emmy and Armia, regardless of whether or not it was a false positive. I think it it would be complicated to get them off the list. I don't know how many tests they have to pass uh, to get back to um, playing status. Tomorrow would be the only day this week that they could make it work. Uh, if they don't plan on affecting the rest of the schedule. Uh, if they were to change things up and reschedule the game for Thursday, that would be complex as well because the Canadians were scheduled to play the Oilers Wednesday and Friday, and the Oilers were scheduled to go to Toronto and play the Leafs on Saturday. So, you know, I'm not I'm not entirely sure uh, how this gets worked out, whether or not it gets played uh, at a later point in time. Um with all the stuff we're waiting to find out too. Sorry, I wish I had more answers for you.
0: Well, no, I, th- I think that's part of the story is that we don't know. It's, it's one of those things where the I think the uncertainty itself is uh, is part of the story. But you definitely uh, you definitely have educated everybody how how this uh, how this played out and and uh, and your role in breaking the story too. So we do appreciate that. Bef- before I let you go, because I, I referenced the last time we had you on was in Mont- when Montreal made the coaching change. Anything noticeably different for you since Ducharme took over?
2: Yeah, just in terms of the the connection in their play. um, You know, the the main speaking point of Ducharme's system is to really bring it like a five-man type of unit. Um, You think back to Ken Hitchcock and and his style of coaching. It's really about puck support and um, where you're going to be without the puck and getting to the places to provide more options, both uh, you know, on and off of defense and on offense and we've seen those things take hold you know the, the big demon was overtime and i think a lot of people will say well why can't the canadians beat teams before they get there well that's that's this division it's a closed division with with teams that are right up against each other and 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 have the um, kind of talent uh that's parallel between you know both teams uh, no matter which night you're, you're watching a game and you know you can look at the ottawa senators as a run below everybody else but I, I you know they're not that far behind they're a team that if you don't show up to play uh, could hurt you now the oilers uh haven't experienced that very much but every other team in canada has and so it, this division is tight Uh, Ducharme has done a good job so far. There's some things that he can do better, and he he likes to say himself that he's always chasing perfection and, you know, that the Canadians are far from it with what they've done so far this year. But they also have been wired to wire in a playoff spot, and with this series against Edmonton, if it gets played, when it gets played, they have a great opportunity to move their way up towards the top of the division. So... I was looking forward to watching these games. I hope we're still looking forward to watching them this week. I hope the health of Yasperi Sperry, and Joel Armia is intact uh, and no one else is affected here because that's primary and of utmost importance.
0: Yeah, and as we're talking about the, the division, the Senators beat the Calgary Flames 2-1. That's one is now a final. Eric, we really appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. My pleasure. Take care. That is Eric Ingalls from Sportsnet Montreal was all over the... Story today leading up to the cancellation of the game between the Oilers and the Canadiens. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. In overtime, the Islanders and Flyers are tied one-one. Early in the third, it's one-one between Minnesota and Anaheim. As I mentioned before the news break, Ottawa beats Calgary two-one. Calgary tied it with about uh, what were we at five oh six left in the game. But then Chris Tierney got the winner at seventeen twenty-four. So two-one, Ottawa wins it. Hurricane shut out the Blue Jackets three-zip. Another loss for the Sabres. The Rangers win it 5-3 tonight. Chris Kreider scored twice, now has 16 on the season. The Sabres are 6-20-4 on the year. Oilers, Canadians, that's why you're here in Inside Sports and not the game, postponed. And uh, John Shannon reporting uh, hopefully tomorrow afternoon we'll know about the fate of Wednesday's game in Montreal. Raptors having a tough go lately, but they lead Houston tonight 28-23 late in the first quarter. I'm not gonna give every single NCAA score, but I'm just gonna say your bracket is ruined. What were you thinking? <laughs> As we welcome Paul Sir from Alberta <laughs> basketball to the show, who I'm sure filled out several. Do you bother? You must fill out numerous brackets, Paul.
3: You, you know, you know what I, I didn't fill out a bracket this year, Reed. For the first time ever in my life. I just I just it, I wasn't interested. It's not that I wasn't interested. I'm super interested in the tournament. I just wasn't interested in the bracket for some reason. And for the first time that I can remember, I was reading today, there is not one bracket in the world that's 100% accurate. It's the oh, first wow. time ever.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and the, the and the first round, uh, the first couple rounds usually go Thursday through Saturday. And so yeah. this year they moved it Friday to To Monday, yeah. Usually, like four brackets or something survive the first weekend, don't they? Like out of millions.
3: Oh yeah, usually. I mean, even after the first round, there were on ESPN they had 50 million brackets filled out, (laughs) and 100 and 108 were still correct after the first first round. So that shows already the destruction to anybody's brackets, and now they're all ruined. So this is without question for all kinds of reasons, the most unusual NCAA March Madness tournament I've ever seen.
0: Well, and I suppose, okay, what? So we had the 15 seed beat a two seed. So that ruins the bracket right away for a lot of people. And then, and then a number one lost yesterday, Illinois. And, and right.
3: And and in, 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 in the middle of that, all of these other unexpected losses just out of nowhere, you know, twelves and fives, of course, thirteens and fours, but it's the numbers of them. You know, Abilene Christian beating Texas—that's it. That just <laughs> never happened. They've never won an NCAA game in their in their school history, and then they beat Texas. Like it's it's just a, it's an amazing year, Reed. It really is. But nonetheless, it's still uh, it makes it even more interesting. I think this year with all of the bizarre. Uh, all of the bizarre circumstances all sports are dealing with, and certainly the and March Madness is part of that bizarre world.
0: And we and should mention too, the one game was never played because Oregon right. beat VCU in the the no contest. Yep. And then and then yep. Oregon a seven beat a number two. So if you, I mean, a ten a seven is a coin flip for picking them. So Oregon now oh. has made the the Sweet Sixteen.
3: Oregon's a good team. You know, I'm a big Iowa fan, but not, now you've given me my excuse. They didn't even – the Oregon didn't even have to play the first game. But, but but actually, it came down to Iowa plays defense like I played, which means not very good. And so they get beat by everybody. But, uh, yeah, it's been one, one upset after another, one unexpected loss and, and victory after another, some great March Madness stories. You know everything that everything that you want, and then throw in the Edmonton connection to one of the great upsets of all time with Loyola of Chicago beating the University of Illinois.
0: Yeah, well, and I talked a little bit about that with with Steve on Friday, and I got to see the the second half of that game. T- tell us a little bit more about uh, here and sort of his his journey to playing big time NCAA ball. Well,
3: uh, you know, here always it was never a question whether a here had the physical ability to play at a division one level. that was never that was never a, a, a debatable point but like a, that hap- a, a thing that happens to a lot of kids and that's because they're kids when they come out of high school they choose a school where it just doesn't work out for any number of reasons but he had a soft landing with Loyola of Chicago in his transfer year. He sat on the bench when they went to the Final Four and you know took the nation by storm. Now here he is playing in his senior season and he's a, a a major part really of Loyola. Like the other night, he didn't score, but he defended. He played 21 minutes. He defended his butt off, and he did all of these little things. But it wasn't his night nice to score points. The the other guys stepped up. But here has been a major contributor in one of the great programs. In fact, Reed. I will say that in my opinion, Porter Mosier, the head coach of Loyola is the best college basketball coach right now in the United States. Really? How come? um, How come? I'll tell you. And I can tell you exactly why I believe that. Uh, Tony Bennett plays. He's at the university of Virginia. They were the defending national champions. They're out 14 going out uh, 14 seed beating a three seed, I believe. Uh, And, Bennett's teams play what's called a pack line defense, which means that you don't go way out away from the basket and try to steal the ball. You protect the paint, and you make other teams uh, in, in basketball, we say, stay in front of you. You stay between your man and the basket. Porter Mosier does that as well. He just does it better. But Tony Bennett is hugely criticized, and one of the reasons he loses big games is his offense is very passive. It doesn't attack until late into the shot clock, that's part of their defensive strategy is to keep the score low. Porter Mosier's teams execute so well on offense, and they're always looking for opportunities to attack. So they blend that great defense with great offense. But the thing is, and this is what, in my opinion, makes him the best coach in the country, the kids all buy in. They all move as one on both of the offensive side and defensive side. They do everything every coach would like their teams to do, but they do it night in and night out. And then that's why they can beat a number one seed like Illinois.
0: Okay. So I I, I want to ask you this about coaching because the beauty of the NCAA tournament, it's all one game elimination. The players are young. Most of them aren't going to the NBA. Sometimes they panic or have an off day. How, when you're watching a game, have you ever thought to yourself, the coach is panicking? What is the coach doing in this high-pressure situation? Does that ever click in your brain? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and having been a coach for a long time myself,
3: and looking back, if, if if a coach is honest with himself, you're going to look back and say, man, did I blow that? And it could be panic. It could be just not thinking clearly in the moment about what your adjustments need to be. And I don't want to bore our listeners with any of the bad stories on my account, but you can see that now, and I'll give you an example. Uh, San Diego State heavily favored against Syracuse. Syracuse had a mediocre season, limped into the NCAA's, and they absolutely hammered the Aztecs, who had a marvelous season. And if the Aztecs couldn't shoot, but you could, you could see in the coaching staff, head coach Brian Dutcher, he just didn't know what to do. Like you can't go out and tell your players how to, how, you, you can't make the baskets for them, but the strategy, it just looked like they didn't have a clue as to how to respond to Syracuse's bizarre zone defense. So, yes, 100% read. You can see that all the time. Coaches are just dudes. And, and you know, men and women <laughs> who are out there and they're doing their best, and sometimes they're really good and they're really organized and they're really disciplined. And sometimes, no matter what you've done, nothing's going right.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like that. And the coaches are such big personalities in NCAA, but really in NCAA sports, I, I think sometimes the coach is so heavily associated with, with the program. And to me, that's part of it, right, is that game management and that calmness uh, when you're in a do-or-die situation. Does the, does the coach establish the tone that allows the players to succeed? Boy, I, I like what you just said, Reed, and that really
3: is why I still love the NCAA game. It is the last vestige on the planet of the old traditional basketball game. The, the coach is still in control of the game in the NCAA. In FIBA and in international basketball, you're not in control of the game. It, it, it applies to the NBA as well, of course, but in terms of That level of basketball, the coach is so impactful on the game, and there's so much strategy that goes into the preparation in the game that that's really what makes NCAA basketball unique. Sometimes it's boring to watch because the coach is doing too much. Other times it's just beauty. And the other night when we saw Loyola beat uh, Illinois, that was a thing of beauty, of player and coach in perfect sync working together and finding a way to beat a vastly superior team that had in terms of physical talent. It was really something to watch.
0: Paul, sir, joining us today from uh, basketball, Alberta, he's the executive director. He's also uh, in basketball development for three X three with uh, Canada basketball. Okay. I'll throw one more at you. Cause you always have a lot of great stories. Uh, Postpone games. Uh, <laughs> the Oilers right. had one tonight. I mean, you coached and played at, at a few different levels. Um. Well, I know. I know the team you were involved with a few years ago. I think you were involved with the team that year, the the pro team that didn't go to the final tournament because there was yeah. no money to travel there or something like that.
3: But <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was lovely. Um, that was that was a highlight. We just yeah, it was you know. But you know what, I won't go there because there were so okay. many extenuating yeah, circumstances. No, no, I don't. Don't be sorry. I would love to just unleash, but we, you know. But no, I, I think it's better not to. In terms of games postponed, snow, snow days in high school in Iowa, absolutely. Uh, you know, had had games postponed. Um, I'm trying to think if there, there there seems to be one though that that had a unique. Oh, I know where it was. It was in Belgium. It was I was I was playing in Belgium and they wanted to play outside and it was raining, so we we had a rain delay for a basketball game. Reed.
0: <laughs> so oh, we,
3: we had an outside court and the, 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 the funny true story uh two-hour rain delay then i remember it was outside of a school and a church they brought all of the the school desks outside for the people to sit in and these were selling beer so it was like 11 in the morning on sunday people came from church watched our game had a beer at a school desk while
0: we played basketball <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's, oh, that's a beauty. I would I would, I would have gone to dance. that game for sure. <laughs> that was a great game. <laughs> All right. Uh well, there's a, an evening game here is uh just starting Kansas and USC are about to tip off, so you probably want to go watch that one. Thanks for You're checking not- in, Paul. And, and again, we appreciate you doing this on uh, on short notice since we we found out about 4:15, we had a show. So thanks for hopping on any any time, Reed. It was always great to talk to you. Absolutely. That is Paul, sir, from Basketball, Alberta, checking in on the CertainTeed Hotline. CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials Pro all the way. 780-496-0063 is that hotline number if you are ever inclined to use it. And speaking of that NCAA tournament, Gonzaga uh, undefeated 87-71 as they roll on, knocking off number eight, Oklahoma, in their region. Okay. Yeah, Ottawa. Beat the Flames tonight. So Calgary's record dips down to 15-15-3 on the season. Ottawa gets its 11th win of the year. Oilers-Montreal, we hope to find out. We hope to find out tomorrow afternoon. That is the latest on uh, Wednesday.
2: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: This game between the Oilers and the Canadians. Will it be played? That's the latest update I have for you there. We'll take a quick timeout. Now that's a good track. Come away, come Okay. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. We all wanted hockey tonight. We didn't get it. We'll see what happens with the rest of the week. Oilers at Canadians. COVID protocol for Kotkaniemi and Armia and uh, John Shannon saying uh, they need more testing tomorrow morning for the Canadians. So maybe by tomorrow afternoon we'll know what's going to happen with uh, Wednesday's game. Kellen Kennedy is back at the six thirty chat studio. Of course, I've been broadcasting from. Uh, from my home for uh, I don't know since last April or something like that so I, I rarely see the one and only Kellen Kennedy but I get to talk Yo, to him all the time how are you doing buddy doing good how about you good did you fill out an NCAA bracket
4: I did not know but I've been kind of playing not close attention but kind of just keeping you know half of one eye on what's happening and as if I'm digging all the upsets though so it's great
0: well, it's a fun tournament to watch because every tournament is game seven or every game is game seven. So right. even if you don't know much about it, there's drama built in. And even if you don't know much about it, if you fill out a bracket, by the seeds, it tells you who should win. So it's just a matter of if you want to pick an upset, how many and how severe you want the upset to be. I wound up going in uh, in three brackets, which is more than I intended to, but mm-hmm. you, you, get, you get roped in. Actually, my buddy... Uh, uh, my buddy Mark, who works at a radio station in Calgary, uh, I've known him since we were going to Nate together in the late '90s, and he's been doing an NCAA bracket uh, since then. So whenever he I, I go in his every year, just uh, just automatically, and he, the the entry fee is only ten dollars. So right. that's, <laughs> so that's, that's <laughs> in my price range. Okay, well uh, let's let's we haven't done this for two or three weeks. It really sure. has become a fixture here on Inside Sports. According to our recent polls, it is one of the most popular segments on Inside Sports. It is called Name the Animal. Now, it's a little bit of a complex game, so I'll explain how it happens. Kellen Kennedy is going to play the audio of an animal. Mm. And I will have to guess what animal it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, the, no, there's no prize involved. If you try to help me, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. Uh, as Kellen usually winds up giving me hints. There's only one animal that I got right away. That was several weeks ago when I instantaneously got walrus. Other than that, I usually need a little bit of help. So Kellen has, uh, he's wrangled an animal out of the 630 shed uh, barn. It's actually not playing the sound. You bring the animal into the studio with you, and then on command, it makes a noise. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. (laughs) All right. I am ready, Kellen.
4: Okay, here we go. So name that animal Edmonton and surrounding area in free to and... A goose. No. Oh. It is it's a bird, bird, though. It is, is a bird. It a duck. Is it a duck? It is not. Is it a
0: waterfowl?
4: Uh, kind of, sorta. Half and half.
0: Half and half. Do we have them in Edmonton? No. Okay. Is it larger than a duck? Yes. Is it a heron? No. Is it a pelican? No. Is it a flamingo?
4: That's it. You got it. Oh, it's a flamingo. It's a flamingo.
0: I got it on my seventh guess, so I get one-seventh of a point. That's huge. (laughs) That increases my average. That's that's what a flamingo sounds like, eh?
4: Yeah, it does. Uh, This is an official uh, kind of bird sanctuary flamingo.com
0: <laughs> exactly flamingo, i'm not gonna that's go to flamingo.com that's probably that's something it. weird all right so let's look up flamingo online four flamingo species are distributed throughout the americas including the caribbean and two species are native to africa asia and europe yes they do not come north of uh, florida there are flamingos in florida yeah. and they are generally a coastal bird yeah. So and, and this, uh, there we go.
4: And the sound it's, you yeah. heard was uh, flamingos from a uh, bird sanctuary in Florida. So there you go.
0: Well, of course. Yeah. Mm. Why? Why? Why wouldn't that be where the sound comes from? <laughs> <laughs> and flamingos have been seen on several lawns in northern Alberta, but they're plastic. We think. Probably. Yes. Probably. All right. Well, that was that was the highlight of my day. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Didn't get to talk about any Oilers highlights, but uh, I, I, somewhat correctly identifying a flamingo noise, is probably something that I'm uh, going to remember forever. By the way, the uh, Rockets now leading the Raptors 43 39, halfway through the uh, the second quarter. Well, that's it. That, that, that's. Uh, it feels like a heck of a way to end inside sports with flamingo noises. What are, what are the, are they, were they the animals that, what, what are the animals that bury their heads in the sand? Are those those ostr- are ostriches. Those yes. are ostriches, right. I've had ostrich steak. Oh, really? I've, I've never, yeah, it was okay. Oh, cool. I've never had flamingo steak. There's another thing on the to-do list. Just going to jot that down. Yeah. Flamingo steak.
4: I think the most exotic meat I've ever had was alligator. So I've had an oh, like nice. alligator steak before
0: that's kellen kennedy your studio producer this evening thanks to dave campbell the producer of inside sports uh he uh he did a lot of work getting the show together on short notice bob Stoffer has oilers now from noon to two i will have inside sports from six to eight kelly rudy's gonna check in tomorrow night thank you so much for listening we will see when the oilers play next should have some news on that tomorrow night my name's reed take care